You're listening to the Story Shout Podcast, hosted by Kelsey Jones. We're a weekly podcast dedicated to destigmatizing failure and laughing at our normalcy. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Story Shout. My name is Kelsey Jones, and I'm your host, and I'm joined here today by Heather Vickery. She is a success and leadership coach. She has a new book out called Fuck Fearless, which I love the title. (laughs) And you you also have a new podcast called uh, Was It Chance? So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I love hearing how people are going to say the title of my book, which is actually called Fuck Fearless, but some people are really not willing to say it. So I'm always like, hmm, how will she introduce it? So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love it. And I think there's a lot of books out there that have fuck in the title. So it's because I don't know if it's becoming more acceptable, but I have noticed that lately. It's my favorite word. So in it it's appropriate. (laughs) So it works. (laughs) There you go. Um so Heather, what do you suck at that we're gonna talk about today? Uh, well, to, to be fair, I, I think I suck at a lot of things. I also think I'm great at a lot of things, but what feels most painfully prevalent right now is supremely sucking at parenting teenagers. Oh, I'm so terrified. I told you that before, (laughs) but I am just, I'm terrified. I'm not supposed to say this, but you should be. (laughs) (laughs) they're so intimidating especially girls I don't know if do you have a girl how many kids I have have four daughters and two teenagers and one preteen and one darling little (laughs) eight-year-old it's worse than I thought it's so much worse (laughs) so yeah girl I was gonna say girls scare me more than boys and I don't know if they should or not but just like knowing I was pretty nice to my mom but like how my friends treated their moms or things like that. I think about that. And so being a parent now, I'm only a parent of a toddler, but thinking of if it was a girl, I just, yeah, it just seems scarier to me. You know, my girls were all really fairly easy. Now I will say that they've had their distinct personalities from the beginning, like across the board, you, you could definitely see the differences in them. And those are continuing to play out as they move through high school Uh, But they were really pretty good. And we were always very, very, very close. Like it was, you know, me and them against the world. And something shifted at the high school level. So for us, it wasn't even early teens. Like early teens were, okay, I mean, growing pains and menstrual pains and, you know, uh, hormones and all of that stuff are intense and you sort of learn to navigate it. And And I've always been working hard to balance the needs of all four kids. Mm -hmm. I I have no words. It's so hard. Uh, Everything I thought I knew, I don't know. And part of it is normal teenager. Like your parents are really dumb and they want to stretch their wings and learn their own things. And Mm -hmm. and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But there are a couple things. One, parent to parent. They do not prepare us, especially as mothers for how it will feel to no longer be the source of what they most need, right? When you have a toddler, good point. he only survives because of you, Hmm. right? True. Yeah. 
I mean, an, another adult could do it, right? But they are dependent upon the adults in their lives to make sure that they eat, right. to make sure they have clothes. Like, so they don't need that. And that's fine. I mean, there's a little bit of a release there. Like, it's really nice that I don't have to make sure that you eat until, you know, maybe they have, like we do, an eating disorder or other things. And then you go back to those sorts of things. But it's more that emotional pullback. They do not, like you know, when they stop wanting you to snuggle them in bed at night, or they don't want to tell you what they're thinking about anymore. And they just don't need you in that way. And and people are going to come back and go, oh, they always need you. And they do, but it's in the moment, it's day to day. They do fine without you. Like, right. physically fine. And that's a really hard thing to let go of. And then, I mean, why I'm really sucking at it is mostly because they tell me I'm really sucking at it. All of the things, you know, I was a very crunchy granola mom to little kids. We ate organic food and tried all sorts of ways to teach them to be thoughtful, intentional, healthy eaters and in their lives and in their choices. And now apparently all of those things were awful. <laughs> they're all, they're, right? The worst like, thing you ever did. <laughs> the worst thing I ever did was tell them that organic food was good because now they have a complex about eating good food and are they letting themselves down? Or are they letting me down? And I'm like, well, for fuck's sake, like, what are we supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Like, we just do the best we can in the moment. Right. You know, it, I don't know. I, it's a day by day learning experience to surrender and release and remind myself that it's not it's not actually me that they are figuring their shit out and I'm the target of them figuring it out, but it is really hard for it to not feel personal. And it definitely feels like I, I suck at it a lot. And also we're not supposed to tell them that we think we suck at it because then that guilts them and that feels bad too. And you can't do anything right. So don't try. I just keep my mouth shut. I know. I had a therapist tell me a long time ago that when someone close to you, I don't know if this is the right word, but unloads on you or is like mean to you, it's because they feel safe with you to totally let their emotions release. And so I know me and my husband have talked about that a lot. Like we, he does it to me more than I do it to him. At least that's what I'd like to think. I don't know if he'll agree with that, but like <laughs> if he's having a really bad day, then he's kind of awful to me, just rude or short or picking a fight. And so it's almost like you're their safe person. And so it's easier for them. Well, it's, it's interesting for a therapist to say that it's interesting because I don't, I know that's true with kids and especially with little kids and mine were that way. And mine were little darling angels out in public and they would come home and be holy heathens. Right. Uh, but adults, I think we have to outgrow that behavior. I think I don't think oh, it's yeah. okay. I mean, it's a little Stockholm-y, right? Like it's a little gaslighting, like, oh, well, or or super patriarchal to be like, oh, well, he's being mean to you because you're his safe person. Like, well, fuck that. That's not okay. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And she wasn't trying to excuse it, but you're totally right. Like they're asked, and maybe that's kind of the case with teenagers too. Like where where's the point where they're old enough to, to get past that behavior is another point to go to. It is. And and I don't, you know, their frontal lobes are not developed yet and not until they're in their mid twenties. And I try to be really understanding. I think they're hardwired to be selfish at this age, but it is hard. It is hard to watch. And I don't know, it affects everything. You know, I'm a success and leadership coach and I work with people in a 360 manner, right? Like your personal life affects your professional life and vice versa. And it's definitely true for me. If I've had a challenging or stressful time with my kids, 
it's, I have to really work hard to sort of stay in the moment and stay focused and be able to coach people to success because it's, yeah. it's challenging. And I feel like we walk on eggshells all the time. And then maybe I've had this realization just in this week, like maybe I'm enabling it by walking on eggshells. Perhaps I should just go stop being an asshole. You know what? You're being an asshole and it's not okay to be an asshole. You're not a toddler. That's a really good point. Now, I'm thinking back to when I was a teenager. I was very mild-mannered and never fought with my mom. But we were also going through, like, our own level of trauma. Like, we had a stepdad. I've talked about this before, and we don't need to get into it. But I had a stepdad that was verbally abusive. So at that time, in high school, that was more of our focus than, like, fighting with my mom. That wasn't ever something I thought about. And my brother was like that, too. My brother is six years younger than me. He's 29 now. And they... But him and my mom like will still squabble a little bit or like have like little tiffs. And it's just interesting to me, like as you're talking, thinking about like how the dynamics between each kid are so different too. And I don't know if you've seen that with your daughters, but like me and my mom never fought. But at the at the same time, now as adult, as I'm an adult, we're also more less likely to tell each other when something's bothering one another. But then my brother and my mom. Like it's almost like they react too quickly to say when the other person's bothering them. So I don't know which approach is better to like what you're saying, like just say it outright and maybe that would help have you have a more authentic relationship. I don't know. But it's interesting, like the dynamics between each child is different and parent. Very. I have to parent all four of my kids very differently. The rules Mm-hmm. cannot apply to everyone because they're different people. And I tell them all the time, I love them equally, but differently because they need different love from me in different ways. Um, you know, this show is all about what you suck at. I, mean, I think I was a very good parent to babies, toddlers, and and all the way up to, you know, that te- early teen, preteen age. And then I'm like, the fucking bottom fell out. I don't, I don't know all the things I was doing don't work anymore. And I don't know if it's them or if it's me. I mean, it's so heartbreaking and it's so hard. And I have to, my mom just keeps saying, it's okay. They come back. It's okay. Like, so maybe it's just all normal. Maybe, I don't know if your listenership is all still with little kids or if you've got anybody with older kids, but I am just, and they, and they are so quick. I mean, we <laughs> very thoughtfully and intentionally told them to have a voice and to use a voice and to advocate for themselves and to tell us what they're thinking and feeling. And of course we want to do that. And they do. And sometimes I'm like, why the fuck did we teach you that? Shut up. <laughs> Stop telling me how everything I'm doing is wrong. Now, when you say you suck at parenting, is it, do you really suck or do you just think you suck? And it's actually like every other parent where they don't know what they're doing, but you're actually a really good parent because for you to like be aware that there are issues with your kids tells me by default, you're a good parent because the truly bad parents like have no idea what's going on with their kids at all. And I, to me, I mean, I know we just met, but to me, like, it (laughs) seems like you're very insightful. And the fact that you care is probably really all that, that your children want from you, that all of our kids want from us. Um, is that you give a shit, right? I mean, that's literally what kids want. I mean, even if as a teenager, they say they don't care what you say or whatever they do. Yeah, that's a nice thing for you to say. Thank you. I, I do actually think I am a good parent. And that is why I qualify as saying I'm, I currently suck at parenting 
teenagers. Like it's this very specific age. Um, I mean, I can't, there is not an action I can take that they then don't tell me how that's harmful. If I pack Mm. good made granola bars, which are just granola bars, but because they have the word good made in them and they're healthy. And then I'm back to that. You've been giving me healthy things and, and that makes me feel bad about my choices or, you know, what time they need to be home to go to bed or whatever your bad mood is. Shouldn't be somebody else's problem. It doesn't matter what it is. I am very rapidly either specifically with words told how I've fucked it up or I'll get the silent treatment for days and days and days. And I, we have a two household family. I co-parent and when they're not with me, if the teenagers are mad at me, they literally will not speak to me for a five day stretch. They will ignore my text messages. They will decline my calls. It is hard to not feel like you suck in that scenario. It is hard not to take it personal. Although I am intelligent enough to, again, remember it is about them. It is their process. Mm -hmm. It is not about me. And so through my own therapy work, (laughs) I, uh, and I'm a coach who believes in having a coach and believes in having a therapist. They're not the same thing. Have them both. Everybody needs them. Um, My challenge to myself is to not change my behavior because they're changing their behavior. And that's hard because we're humans, Mm. right? Like if they ignore me, I'm like, well, fine, I'll ignore you. I'll treat you the way you treat me, (laughs) but that doesn't solve any problems. It does, but you want to, like, I I really want to be like, fuck you too. But yeah, I don't. So I, whether they ignore me or not, I still send the messages. I'm thinking about you. I love you. I hope you had a good day. Uh, And I can always tell when my kids are, feeling connected and feeling happier because they will respond at some point, maybe not immediately, but at some point they'll say Mm -hmm. love you too, or thanks, or they'll heart it, you know, like you can do on an Mm -hmm. Apple message, things like that. Uh, I just pulling myself out of the center of it. So no, I do not think I suck as a parent, but it is hard not to feel like I suck outrageously as a parent of of teenagers. And I also, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done it before. And that pisses right. my kid off too, my eldest kid. Like, she's like, well, I'm like your guinea pig. I'm like, yeah, what do you want me to do about it? Like, I fucking don't know how to do this. I don't know. Somebody had to be first. <laughs> yeah. So we're figuring it out together. And, you know, I'll be patient with you. I need you to be patient with me, which is the best we can do, I guess. That's true. You know, okay. You brought up texting, which made me think, um, do you think, and this could probably be its own episode on some other <laughs> podcast, but do you think technology has shaped how we parent our children? Yes. Because so thinking when you talk about how your kids don't answer your texts. So I grew up in a two parent household. My parents got divorced when I was 14, right before I went to high school and my mom. So every other weekend and two nights a week, we were at my dad's did not talk to my mom at all the whole time we were at my dad's, but that was normal because we didn't have cell phones. We, you didn't, you didn't text anybody, but now I feel like, like I have friends that we literally text every day, if not like throughout the day, every day, but growing up, you know, I didn't have that with my friends and I didn't have that with my parents. I mean, I never, and I've never thought about this until you brought this up. Like I never talked to my dad when we weren't at his house. And it's not because we had a bad relationship. That's just how technology, Mm -hmm. like, that's just how it was. And so 
I guess my long-winded thing is to say, like, do you think technology has helped your relationship with your teenagers or has it like changed the Mm. dynamic and made it more difficult? That's a very nuanced question. And you're right. I'm sure it's a whole, it's probably an entire podcast with lots of episodes. Um, I know. True. And and I think it's multifaceted. I really think it's nuanced. So from a, a general parenting, I think technology is, can be very harmful for kids um, there are these these expectations of instant and immediate response. We build that up. It's super unrealistic mm-hmm. and unsustainable. Uh, full access, never being bored. No one's ever bored mm-hmm. because they can watch, they can scroll through TikTok or watch YouTube or do whatever. I think that that is a problem. And, you know, when my oldest two were little, we kept them from technology for a long time. They did not have access to this technology until they were like 11, 12 years old at all. When they were little, little, like up until the time they were five, they were five, they'd never even seen the TV turned on. If I was going to watch a oh, show wow. with them, I would open the computer and they would watch it like a kid's show on my computer. They didn't mm. even know what the black box on the wall was. And also for the record, that is one of the reasons that I have ruined their lives as teenagers because their friends talk about the TV shows they watched as little kids and my kids hadn't seen them because I didn't let them watch the TV. On the other hand, my youngest had an iPad in her hand by eight months old. I mean, partly because we had two households and and my rules didn't apply anymore in the other household. And you can't have such mm-hmm. drastically different rules at one house for the other because uh, it's just, it fucks them up. So She's had plenty of access. We still do have some limits, time to turn it off or device-free days or whatever. Mm -hmm. So yes, I think that that is a problem. And I know there's a lot of online bullying and a lot of, I -hmm. mentioned, you know, we have some body dysmorphia and some eating disorders and uh, seeing what's supposed to be perfect and all of that social media Mm -hmm. wise is really, really dangerous. As a parent, how it's affected my parenting relationship Partly, I think it's bad. Like kids deserve some freedom and some trust and some space. And we had it. When I was 11, my mom would drop me off at the mall and come back three hours later. And as long Mm -hmm. as I showed up where she dropped me off, it was fine. And now, you know, we can literally track them. What store in the mall are they in? And are they okay? And even with grades, I have a friend who says that she checks her kids' grades three times a day. Three times a freaking day online. Yeah, And I I don't do that. I I really don't. I check it every couple of weeks. I check in with my kid. Let's look at what your homework stuff situation is because they they have to do that. Like they have to want to do that. I can't like me m- micromanaging that doesn't help them. However, Right, exactly. I my parents divorced when I was 9 weeks old and you're right. We could make phone calls and we sometimes did make phone calls when we were at the other parent's house, but we would go days without talking to the other parent. And I think that that's fine, although our parenting approach is that whatever the kids need, that's what we give them. And so we have a general rule. If somebody's really missing daddy and they're with me or they're really missing me and they're with daddy, they can say, I want to go see the other parent. And hmm. we call the other parent and we say, I'll be, I'll be over. Or I can't do it right now, but I'll take you out to lunch or we'll go for a walk. Or do, and, and we've always done that because that's our priority and because mm-hmm. we can and because we have the technology and the ability to do that. But let me give you an example of where I don't think it's terrible. There is, and you may or may not have heard this, your child is so young. There has been a TikTok challenge this week 
Have you heard about this? So the, mm-hmm. I don't know when this is going to yeah. air, but it's December 17th right now. To shoot up your school or bomb your school or threaten to do one of those things today, December 17th. So the schools send messages. We've seen this. We think it's a baseless threat, but we're upping our security and we're being really careful. And I'm like, oh my God, like, can I send my kids to school? Should I keep them home? Are we going to live scared? But that's, I'm not willing to take this risk, except that it's finals. My kids are in high school. You don't get a chance to remake the finals. You've got to show up for finals. And so technology wise, I just said to them, I'm right here. I will have my phone on. It will be next to me. You say the word and I will come and get you if you feel unsafe or if there's something happening. My 12-year-old doesn't really know about the threat. So I said to her, I said, hey, I know you're not supposed to be on your phone at school, but I'd just like to hear from you today. So a couple times throughout the day, would you just just say hi, just so I know you're there and we can connect? Because I literally felt like I needed a cord. I needed a tether between where I am and where she is just to make sure she's okay. And God love her. She did. She's just sent me a couple of messages. She's like, hi. I'm like, hi, baby. Right. So I don't know. Technology is a blessing and a curse. Right. Because if we didn't have technology, TikTok wouldn't exist. So maybe we wouldn't have that threat, but then also it does exist. So, but they didn't have it during Columbine either. That, that's true. That's true. Um, and who knows if that TikTok thing will will even um, turn out anything. I hope it doesn't. Um, and I, I, I saw about it on Facebook. And of course, in the comments on the news article, we're saying, this is why TikTok shouldn't be allowed or blah, blah, blah. And, you know, regardless of how you feel about that with like your own children, it's still TikTok still a reality. It's not just going to go away. Like, like social media. So we have to decide as parents how to adapt to that instead of wishing that it didn't exist, right? You're totally right. And also that's a blessing and a curse also. I have clients, adult clients who have learned to manage their adult newly diagnosed ADHD specifically because of access that they're getting on TikTok to people sharing content or people who have launched really successful thriving businesses just on TikTok. Like that's insane, right? And so there, everything is just nuanced and we have to take it. That's my big problem with any overgeneralization. It's all good or it's all bad or it's all this or it's all that is we have to take everything individually, individual per person. What are you going to do with it? How right. are you going to use it and manage it? Because too much of anything is, is bad, in my opinion. Right. Right. You're right. Um, that's so true. So it can it can be a blessing or a curse depending on how you use it. Essentially, I think so. I think so. So this has been a great combo um, to kind of wrap <laughs> things up. No, I mean not to like end it on a downer, but um, <laughs> like okay. So I have a te- I have a toddler. You have a teenager. What advice can you give to parents who are going to start parenting teenagers? You know, in the next few years. Or it might even be in 10 years, like like I'm going to be. Do you have advice? Because you've at least lived through it. Even if you feel like you sucked at it, you still have some, some words of insight, hopefully. I think my best advice, which I need to remember to take for myself, is 
to listen to them. And that doesn't mean to ask more questions because they're really not that interested in answering your questions, but to actually listen to what they're saying and what they're doing. Because they, I think if we're really honest, they're mostly telling us what they need if we're really paying attention. And they, part of this growth stage is wanting to have a voice that's heard or wanting to be seen. Mm-hmm. And right. And also, I will say this, you're not going to get it right. You're not going to get it right because there isn't a right. And mm-hmm. your kid's different than my kid and your kid's different than any other kids you're going to have. And, and so there's no such thing as I'm going to always do this right. You're just not. And that's going to have to be okay. Mm-hmm. Just It's a little bunny foo-foo. You can't go over it. Can't go under it. Got to go through it. <laughs> Except that you're going to suck at it essentially. You're going to, I think you're going to suck at it. Like, I think we all suck at it. Yep. I agree. So if uh, people want to learn more about your business or your book or podcasts or, you know, what, where can they find you online? Yeah. Thank you for asking. So I'm at vickeryandco.com, which has access to all my info. I'm at vickeryandco on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. My two podcasts are the brand new one, which is Was It Chance? It's the podcast about embracing opportunity and taking intentional risk for your creative life. Super fun. Um, You can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts or wasitchance.com. And we're on, we are also on Instagram. And then my podcast, my first, my my baby, I've had it for four years now. It's called The Brave Files. And you can find us in all the places also. Awesome. Well, it was so great to have you on. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Story Shout Podcast. Don't forget to review us on iTunes and connect with us on social media at Story Shout or online at storyshout.co. Until next time, stay normal.